Good morning, and welcome in to the Blitz, live here on Fan Runner Radio, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, with you for the next two hours. It's Thursday. It's January 26th. It's uh, it's game day, college game day in town. Women's hoops tonight. Lady Vols and the uh, the old <clears throat> UConn Huskies. Classic. Classic rivalry game. The uh, the Death Stars in town. Yep. What are they the equivalent of? Are they the equivalent of Duke men's basketball, Alabama football? Um, I just think if you took the most evil aspects of <laughs> both, really, it would it, it wrapped them really into not one. Quite amount to uh, to UConn women's basketball. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair point. Gino, like if you just took the worst qualities of like Bob Knight and Urban Meyer and. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, Josh Pastor, Pastner. Why are you throwing Josh in the mix here? He he always had some he had some bad qualities to just him. Throw a give a Josh Pastner a random stray. Juan Dixon. If you just take all their worst qualities and, and shove it into one coach, uh, it's Gino. So I'm pumped up for tonight. I want to yeah. beat. Want to beat that Husky tail? Yeah. But, no, uh, it's a fun one. Big day, big show. We got coming up today. I got two wheels to spin. Uh, That's right. Will, yeah, we will hop into uh, some some Tennessee Lady Vols and, and UConn Huskies talk. We will break down last night's game. Yep. And, Big dub. Uh, we also got some some shot color trivia. Yes. That is to Ooh. be played today. Today's a good day. Today's a good day. Today's a really uh, good day. Chalked full day. I'm still not really feeling very good. Yeah, I was about to say, how are you feeling? We're back in the studio. I can talk. Like I yesterday, I would not have been able to keep my voice for the entirety of the show, and uh, it really wasn't feeling great. But hey, you never you never bow out sick. So when you say you're sick, you know you're sick. We're back today, though. We're back. I uh, fever's gone. And I can talk again, so ready to always ready to plus. talk some sports. Maybe the electricity pumping yeah. in your veins will kind of get that yeah. Back. Some, some shock. I was actually thinking some that shock that might treatment. Help. Yeah, I did. I did test the shock collar just on my knee to see if it was working, <laughs> and I had my knee just like up on the chair and just stuck it right there on my knee. And Jake Miller pressed the button, and I did kick the chair over, so it's working. It is working. We we can officially confirm it is not fake shocks today. It's going to happen. And it doesn't. I mean, I've done this before. It doesn't feel great. I guess I shouldn't be telling you this, I'll, Sam. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel matter great, to me. But like, it's more of like a whoa than it is like a ow. You know? Yeah, it's like a. It's just kind of like you're not like used a, to that whoa. feeling. It's like a jolt to the system. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah. Mm. I can't wait for one. I uh, should ask questions. Yeah, so you I don't have even ten like, questions for me. I don't even like want right? to see y'all in pain. I just want to ask y'all fun questions. You have ten questions. I've got for me. ten questions for you. You have ten questions for me. Goodness. I've got five for this Sam. This is gonna take a while. Yeah, I know. We're gonna start. Yeah, like I didn't. I didn't make fact or fiction for today because I thought we were doing shot yeah, color yeah. trivia. Is that all right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. that'll. I, I think shot color trivia might just take, take two up segments. The entire like most of the second hour. Yeah. Like I think it's point. gonna take two segments an hour two. Yeah. To get. 30 trivia questions. Of well, shot we'll take a break, and then you got to give the collar either to Sam or Sam's got to get the collar to you because we're going to have to do that transition at some point. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, an hour or two. Perfect. Opening drive, I'll do a long shot collar segment yeah. for 20 questions, and then we'll take a break. We'll go to Sam. He'll get 10. Oh, man, I can't bet. wait. So that's that's the show. Man, we've just wow. outlined the entire show for you. Isn't that Beautiful. something? Mm. I've got a lot of energy today. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, 
Do you? Yeah. I uh, I feel like I have more energy than I typically do on Thursdays. Wednesdays are typically when I like, when I work the latest, so I'm always kind of tired on Thursday mornings. But I didn't work last. You're sick. So I was rested. I actually went to bed at like eleven forty-five. That's when I went to bed. <laughs> that's when I went to bed. Hey, that's an I, early night for. And for I thought Charlie, I was getting though. to bed late. <laughs> that's an early night for Charlie. Yeah, like that. Charlie's uh, in like the one thirty range. Normally. I'm usually between one and two. Maybe yeah. maybe a little bit later. Sometimes I did that. Not. I did one o'clock on Tuesday, and all day yesterday I was like, I'm so t- I'm way too tired. I uh, I was trying to stay up. I wanted to watch Stanford and Chicago State. Classic battle. Because um, Chicago State was winning that why, game at halftime. Why is Stanford in the middle of uh, late January playing Chicago State? I that there's all kinds of questions. That's that. that's a huge question. I, to ask. I I swear every time I see Stanford basketball, they're doing something weird. <laughs> like well, last year. Well, I think. Do they think that they since they play at like ten at night, they can get away with whatever scheduling they want? Well, I don't know. Like no last one's like year, got I remember, eyes on them. I remember like one random Wednesday, I was like, oh, <clears throat> Stanford is playing top ten Arizona on at home, and it's at two p.m. Eastern time on a Wednesday. That's before noon there. And you can never watch the Pac-12 Network, or I can. I, nev- I have it. You have it. Yes. Yeah, so I, I can never watch the Pac-12 Network. Um, I don't know why, but I, like, I guess it's just part of Xfinity. Like, really? You just get Pac-12 Network. But all the commercials are local for like the West Coast. Yeah. So it's I so hard to get things. out here. There's a there, um, I saw somewhere where it, it, it's one of the harder networks to get, especially for people on the East Coast. But like there are like fridges, like Samsung or LG fridges, like refrigerators yeah. that carry the Pac-12 Network on their monitor, right. on their fridge monitor, which is crazy to me. It's awesome. Uh, it's easier to get it on a fridge. Than it is just to get on your normal TV. No, I've had a I've had Pac-12 Network my whole life. <laughs> I've never and I don't never know really why, seen Pac-12 like, Network at home in Franklin. We had I mean I think it's just basic cable package with the sports add-on that gets you like MLB TV and all of that. But I guess it includes Pac-12. Man, because yeah, I, I, that's the same cable package I have here. And I can't I, I imagine. But uh, but like usually you know when you're watching I, like SEC Network, like I don't think the ads are necessarily regional to uh, the pretty south. catered to oh they kind of are I mean, they kind of are like you get like a johnsonsville brought like the sausage or the sec but <laughs> like last night i don't know there was ads for like restaurants and like surfing and like chains and, like but like restaurants and stuff that were unique specifically yeah. to like the that's Palo Alto very area. interesting i know who they're catering to well i was upset because i was like this top ta- this taco place i, bet, great. I mean great how 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 much different life would be if I grew up in like an Oregon and I was just a massive Pac-12 fan? I think about how yeah how different life would like be. like I was just a Pac-12. Just I was the biggest fan of the Pac-12. Like you were, and I'd be like, I hate the SEC. What's his name? How did I forget his name? The Nike guy? No, no. What? Smokes a lot of weed. Well, I think that's just like a West Coast thing. I don't uh, also played basketball. Oh, Bill Walton. Yes. Yeah. Who talks on TV my, yeah. all the time. <laughs> and he's Bill Walton. I'm, I'm, I'm now Bill I'm Walton. I'm saying you could have been. Yeah, like that. Oh. Like that level of well, Big 12 official. if I was like seven foot tall and also was like an NBA champion, then that would help. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was talking more <laughs> so in the realm of Pac-12 fandom. Like okay. That, he is... When I think of like who likes the Pac-12, he is the staple spokesperson the of the Pac-12 for sure. I don't think there is a person the League of in Champions. America that likes the Pac-12 more than. Is that the, Bill I've, Walton. I haven't heard Bill Walton once this year. 
He's uh, been taken off of some stuff. I haven't heard him once. Which is disappointing. I heard him during um, like feast week. He's always doing something on. They feast do week. have. They have. He's he has something coming up. He's it's like a streamed broadcast, kind of like a mating cast. They're putting no him. <laughs> they're taking him off the the wall. Well, it's like a, it's taking like him off the professional. Yeah, no, like and they're Walton like, oh. All right, Bill. Like we realize that we don't actually have to put you on the real broadcast. We could just give you a side broadcast. Or <laughs> the guy that he works with be, does not does not get paid enough. Dave money. Pash. Yeah. To, to, to reel my, him in is just my. Cool. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Because I'll tell you mine. My favorite holiday tradition is watching Pash get irrationally angry at Bill Walton during the Pac-12 tournament when Bill Walton <laughs> just tries to put every Pac-12 team in the NCAA tournament. Amazing. The League of Champions. It is. League of Champions. It is like clockwork. Every single year, you'll be in a quarterfinals, maybe even first round Pac-12 game, and you'll get like <laughs> Arizona State. They're 15 and 13. They've played some oh, scrappy Pac-12, ball. man. Can I just and throw it out here? Pac-12 is the seventh best conference in basketball this year? Probably. And no. Yes. No. We'll get back to that, actually. I uh, can I list them out real quick? No, because I want to finish this thought, and <laughs> then I want to get back into that. I'm just going to list them out at some no. point. Arizona State, though, they would be like 15 and 13, right? And they'd be pretty scrappy. And they'd be playing, like, I don't know, like a, a 7 and, and 15 Cal team. And Bill Walton would just be like, look at Arizona State. They're up 15. You're telling me that this above 500 team in the Conference of Champions is not an NCAA <laughs> tournament team? Uh, no, Bill. They're like, ask our guy Joe Lenardi, Bill. They're not on the bubble. That's a lie. That's a lie. You're, this is the conference of champion every year. It's all like every single game every year. There's like actually only three Pac-12 teams that are going to make the tournament, <laughs> and he legitimately thinks there's like six <clears throat> or seven, and he gets irate. I love it. When those two go at it. Okay. I love it. Uh, number one, Big Twelve. Yeah. Number two, uh, Big Ten. SEC. No, Big Ten. Big Ten's got like eleven teams in the tournament yeah. right now. Big Ten. Yeah. Number three, SEC. Yeah. Number four, Big East. Right. Number five, ACC. Mountain West. I was gonna put Mountain West, ACC are interchangeable at five six. Is the ACC better than the Pac twelve? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. What? I would drop. I would go Mountain West, Pac twelve, ACC. No, 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 no. Okay, now we're being crazy. No, that I, I know the, the ACC. ACC. I I know. I get it. I, get I don't it. think you're, I don't but like, I don't think we're, re- we're remembering. I think we're just we're taking into account how bad the ACC has been this year compared to actually truly how bad the Pac-12 really <laughs> really is. But like the Pac-12 has two top ten teams. Yes, and that's it. No other tournament teams. That's it. They've got UCLA and Oregon's Arizona on the bubble. Yeah, sure. Maybe they'll have some bubble teams sprout up, but like they've got two good teams at the top. All right, you know you're probably right, but just still, I don't know. I guess it's like I mean, at least the ACC the... has got like they got Virginia's going to make the tournament. Miami, UNC, and Duke are still going to make the tournament. NC State's going to make the tournament. Like, you know, they still got like depth. It's not just two teams at the very top. And Virginia is still like right there as a top ten team, right? Like they're still right there. Miami's only got four losses. Clemson's had a really good year. They're leading the conference. They're kind of going crazy. I I don't think they're like a top fifteen team still, but they're a good team. So I I, I just I, I put the ACC above that because I just think they're more they've got a little bit more depth in the Pac twelve. Good job, Pac twelve. You got two championship contenders, great. But other than that, man. I mean, you did almost have Stanford lose to Chicago State last night. You might as well be the WCC if you got two national championship contenders. What about and Utah? Nothing else. USC. Arizona State. Uh, USC is probably 
in my opinion, they're number they're number three to me. Utah Utah's not a bad team either. They could sneak in the tournament, but I'm just saying, like, just whew, the bottom man, bottom of the Pac-12. But you could say the same if well, not yes, worse about the ACC. I I'm mean, just saying, like, you you Louisville, take it. You, Georgia Tech, Notre you, Dame, you Virginia clearly Tech, got UCLA, Boston Arizona College. in their tier of their own. Then you've got Utah, USC, Arizona State, and then after that, it's like, man, we've got some bad teams. Oregon, not good. Colorado's not good. Washington State, Washington, really bad this year. Stanford, Oregon State, California, very bad, very bad. That's just how it goes. If you're if you're sitting two and seven in the Pac-12, I mean, I would good. say like half of the ACC is pretty aggressively like bad though. True. I'm just saying, like, just in, in total, I just I give the ACC a little bit more, a little bit more credit depth wise. Louisville may be the worst D one basketball program in the nation, so there's that. And yeah, some other teams are bad, but I don't know. I I I feel like I just maybe give the ACC more credit for for the depth that they do have. I don't know. There is an argument to be made though that the ACC is worse, the seventh worst. Conference of basketball because the ACC has been that disappointing this year. Where have the times gone? They used to be the best. Yeah, I mean both of those. I guess really what we've discovered here is just both of these. <laughs> both of these conferences are not good. It's been a down year for some conferences, and then clearly up years for others. I mean, the Big Twelve might be this might be the best collection of conference foes I've ever seen in the Big Twelve. And then Big East having a good year. Mountain West, clearly, as we mentioned, they're having maybe their best year ever. SEC, kind of a down year. From where they had been the last two or three. Yeah. I mean, but still compared, basketball, to, compared to 10 years ago, much better. College basketball is a down year. Like, you just think? in general. Just yeah. like teams being bad. How can college basketball in general be a down year, though? Like, like teams are worse than just they like losing are. more than ever. There's yeah, I get that. So more parity, maybe not a down year. Just well, I'm like just saying like more parity. No, I'm saying like specifically talent is down across college basketball. Gotcha. Like uh, here, let me pull it up here. Um, it's just I don't know. Well, maybe the G League has a factor. Maybe uh. Well, I think. Like you don't have a, a Victor Wembanyama coming to college. Now. Like it's yeah. spread out. Well, the mid majors are, are just as talented, and the transfer portal makes teams very even. Well, I mean, okay, so, I mean, think about it. Like big power six schools, a lot of power six schools, right? It's called the power instead seven now. Of, instead of taking developmental prospects, you know, with your last two pro- scholarships, three scholarships, there are a lot of yeah. schools that are like, let's take two guys from the portal. Yeah. Let's take three guys from take the portal. Take a chance. Let them develop. So there are more like of those developmental prospects that would be on the end of, of Power Six benches that are now finding their way to the mid-majors. There are more defectors from Power Six conferences making their way to mid-majors. The talent is just finding a way to become more evenly dispersed, which is interesting. I kind of like it. I mean, I, I like I do it. too, because I think it's going to make for a pretty crazy tournament. But look at this, right? Out of the top five teams... In the top 25? Uh, or here, let's just take the top 38 teams, right? Ken Pomeroy. Okay. Top 38 teams. The weakest they've ever been. Really? The weakest the top 38 has ever been mm. in the history of the Ken Palm ratings. Um the rest of the top five actually not terrible it compares to like a still a down year for for talent across the board but like not the worst ever the rest of the top 10 
pretty awful, uh, <laughs> comparatively speaking, to the rest. Teams ranked 7th through 21st offer the worst efficiency margin of the last 12 years of at this point in the time in the year. Um, 19 teams rank as the worst ever to hold their specific ranking within the top, like, 50. Uh, he's got St. Mary's at 7. Yeah. And Creighton um, at 12. Creighton's 12 and 8, and then somehow but they're, <laughs> they're... Interestingly enough, this is what I was going to get to also... Uh, 39 through 50, so outside of that top 38, stronger than it's typically Whoa. ever been. Look at that. Look at that. You just have a a deep sea of slightly above average, basically. Love that. Floating throughout college basketball, so, which does mean chaos. So, typically, yeah, your like brackets. This means a more chaotic bracket. Brackets are going to be chaos. This which year. makes it. Even more important to hold on to one of those top one or two seeds. Makes it pretty cool that big, yeah. you're a consistently good team this year, here and there. Also cool. Uh, but, man, we've really taken a long time in this first segment. Sam, you I don't even know if I've heard from you yet. Are you okay? I'm doing fine, man. I'm doing fine. I was just... Uh I was just scrolling for a little bit there. Y'all got really, y'all got really into there. I feel well, like I didn't know y'all duke it out. He, he no, was, it was interesting. I he just, was pondering the uh, the uh, graphical changes of Kim Pomeroy's website from 2023 <laughs> to 2018, and the analytical differences. I've all, like ever since making your trivia questions yesterday. I've also just been like, like after I made them last night, I was just scrolling through like all the different websites, with thousands of different <laughs> trivia questions, and just like. I don't know. It's just what if we have same... some people put up like some difficult ones, and then some people put like the 150 hardest trivia questions <laughs> in there. Like cake. I picked so easy. So just to give you a heads up, I gave you three of the most incredibly random trivia questions I could think of, of varying difficulty, but really not all that difficult. And then two specific to your sports teams. Okay, mine are all very random. <laughs> mine are Did all. Did you make very... any specific to any of our? personality traits or um, hobbies yeah i might, I might kind of yeah a couple specific like i gave I, I gave sam like a baseball one because he likes baseball sounds like i gave him sounds a golf like. question gave him a golf question <laughs> um i gave you a titans question a lot of a lot of like nfl type of deals yeah all right well uh we'll catch a break we'll talk last night's game we'll talk vol hoops on the other side stay with us here on the blitz Back here on the Blitz. Hey, make the switch over to White Claw when you're cheering on the Big Orange this weekend. Ditch that beer belly bloat and cheer on the Big Orange White Claw hard seltzer. It's crafted with quality ingredients made from a gluten-free alcohol base, a you know seltzer water, and just a hint of fruit flavor. Only 100 calories, only one gram of sugar. It's 5% alcohol. So ditch the beer belly bloat and make that switch on over to White Claw. As always... Please drink responsibly. Last night, Tennessee taking it to Georgia. Uh, not even a bad Georgia team either. I mean, not a good Georgia play good. team by any means, but not a bad one either. I mean, they'd, they'd been exceeding expectations with Mike White. You know, we saw them go on the road and beat Auburn to start SEC play. Or not, excuse me, that was at Georgia. But, you know, we saw them beat Auburn to start SEC play. They were 3-3. Three and three. They've been doing some all right things, and... You know, once again, Tennessee <clears throat> holding an opponent under 50 points. That is now half, 10 out of your 20 games that you have held the opposition 
under or to 50 or less. It's unreal. That's insane. And that's not just, I mean, yeah, you were, you were packing it up a little bit. You were stacking it up with against McNeese and Alcorn and like some of those schools. But, I mean, you also did it to Butler and you did it to Kansas and you've done it to, you know, a couple other power six schools this year. So. And you mentioned that Georgia wasn't just like right. like that's bottom tier, bottom tier of the SEC. They had had you know a really good start. They beat Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, two Mississippi teams that you had beaten. They granted had just lost to Vanderbilt, but Mike White's done a good job with that that team. Right now, I mean, you're averaging opponents are averaging like just a hair over 55 points a game in SEC play. That's absurd. Uh, but this team continues, to, I think, to get better. That's also, I think, the encouraging thing is that we continue to see this team kind of figure out some different lineups and, and uh, improve their game within this season. Like we've seen Zakai Ziegler, for example, 55 assists in his last seven games has all of a sudden emerged as he one has, of the best passers yeah. in the SEC. And like that's not something I think any of us anticipated, especially. I don't think any of us anticipated for that to just all of a sudden start in January. <laughs> the know, hardest what? stretch of your season, right? I mean, I th- I don't know about the hardest stretch of your well, season. Well, I'm just saying, like, once it starts getting conference, conference play, play, you but, expect it, your numbers to go right. down. <laughs> right, but, yeah, all of a sudden he's just uh, an assist guy. Like, uh, I mean, you saw Toby Awaka putting up some, some minutes and some points last night. And, and, you know, again, even with the Josiah, with Josiah Jordan-James, who has is, is been playing well lately, having a terrible night last night, it really – didn't matter. And when you look at Tennessee's defense, I mean, it is the best. You know, you can fill in the blank after that, but just the best applies. They have finished with, you know, a top five defense the last couple of years, but this year they're leading all of Division One in adjusted deficient, uh, defensive efficiency. They are leading in effective field goal percentage. They are leading in three-point percentage. They are top seven in turnover percentage, they are top seven in steal percentage, and they are top seven in two-point field goal percentage. Just basically, it's hard to shoot. Overwhelming. It's hard to drive. It's hard to pass the ball. It's hard to put the ball on the ground and dribble it past them. Every aspect of offense is hard against this Tennessee team, and with that offense, the Tennessee offense, I think, has been picking up slowly but surely. You know, it's it's what I think like thirty six right now. We're in the top forty now in the country in, in offense too. I feel like I want to say something crazy. Do it. I, I don't know. Maybe one of you should stop me, but I want to say something crazy. Say something crazy, and I'll check you if I. This don't is th- going to be the team that breaks through. <laughs> See, you know, I, I I won't get mad at you for saying something like that because, yeah, they're a really good team, and they should be able to do that. But also, it is still late January, so it's hard to say stuff. Yeah, like I mean, that. you haven't gotten into like the meteor schedule. We haven't seen this team like play the best offenses they're going to yeah. play yet. You're, you're about to have a tough stretch with Texas coming to town on the road, Florida, Auburn at home. Like, yeah, tougher games. You never know. You still got Alabama on the schedule. Um, you got to play Arkansas, um, Auburn on the road. Long season ahead. You never know. You know what what's in store for you that month. But where things trend, right? What? That's the old saying, defense wins championships. Not that that's, you know, the recipe to win an NCAA basketball tournament championship, but it certainly helps. And, you know, for for all the things that, you know, wins don't look pretty, you know, you're not 
offense doesn't look pretty. Your defense can can win you games by 20-plus points just as easy as your offense can. I think we're seeing that. What Tennessee has now set at what, a program record for beating teams by 20 or more points in a season already? I think they've done it over 10 times now. That was their 11th time last night. It's program impressive. record. Very impressive. Very impressive. And, and, and they're getting it done on the defensive end. Like he, Who would have thought he'd be holding SEC teams to 41 points? That doesn't happen. Doesn't happen very often. And, you know, I say that because, again, I think this is uh, Rick Barnes' best team. Like, I know we got into that yesterday. I know that it's been an ongoing debate. But this is something I've been saying for a while. I'm going to keep saying it. I think this is going to be Rick Barnes' best team. Um, combined with the fact that, like we discussed in the first segment, college basketball is a holes down. I think that, you know, this team has le- – they're less susceptible to, to, to running into bad matchups. I think that they're deeper. I think that they're more versatile. Um, I think that maybe you're not reliant on one player and that one player potentially going cold, you know, it's sinking you could happen. Like, I don't think that that's the case either. Um, and, and the biggest thing too, Rick Barnes is the best version of Rick Barnes. He's ever been as a coach, you know, for, for all the criticisms he's gotten over the years, uh, he's so stubborn. He's never going to change. You know, we're we're always going to be this team with scoring droughts. We're going to be this team that takes too many mid-range shots. We're going to be this team that does this and that and whatever else. If you look at the last couple of years, Rick Barnes has changed. Rick Barnes has grown as a coach. Rick Barnes has allowed uh, outside influence on him and on his program. Again, he brought in Greg Polanski, brought in some more NBA sets, some more NBA ideals offensively. This team has gone from taking some of the most mid-range jump shots in college basketball now to some of the less. They are, uh, you know, threes and at the rim. They attack the rim better than most teams in college basketball. They actually uh, avoid scoring droughts better than than the majority of college basketball. As weird as that sounds, because I know that that's a common complaint, if you get into scoring run breakdowns and scoring droughts, Tennessee avoids them better than 50 more than 50% of of college basketball more than that of the country in in terms of explosive runs you know that are, are helped out by your defense keeping other teams off the scoreboard for an extended amount of time too you're like one of the best in the country at that that is is new for Rick Barnes that is another adjustment that he's made also far less stubborn with his lineup choices, I think. Still a little bit stubborn sometimes, but he's been more willing to go small ball. He's been more willing to switch things around. So this is not like the Rick Barnes of you know, 2019 that started overtime with Grant Williams on the bench. This is not like the Rick Barnes teams that shot mid-range jumpers off the front of the rim against Oregon State 5,000 times and shot their way out of the NCAA tournament. Like They have changed. This is different, whether it feels different or not. It is. That's what the numbers tell you, and that's why I think that this is the one that's going to break through. Rick Barnes is a better coach. Mm. I don't mind you saying that. I don't mind you saying that at all. It's hard to it's hard to wrap your head around it in late January, but I like it. I'm not going to be bad about that. Which again, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, if if this. I guess there is part of you that wonders, like, has this team maybe had had it a little bit easier schedule-wise? Like, is there part of it that, uh, you know, is is maybe not as real as it feels right now because you're playing some weaker teams and the SEC's down a little bit? I don't know. But 
I think that this was sustained and I think that when you get into this weekend and if you get a win this weekend, that's really going to bring everyone back in, bring the fan base fully energized as we hit February and everyone is full go into basketball because February is when that schedule takes off. Again, you get your Auburns, your Kentuckys, your A&Ms, your February 15th against, you know, against Alabama. February is going to be a big month and, and, you know, Saturday, college game get college game day coming to town, a top ten matchup. I think that that's going to set everything up for for everything to come together in February. Because I will say this this fan base is a little bit less energized than maybe they should be, and it's kind of showed up in some of the crowds. It's been a little bit weird. Well, the students are back now. Now the students are back. They were yeah, back in a big gone way for like last over night. a month. So, and I think Saturday's gonna be fun. I think Saturday will will be a really good energy about it. I do too. I think it's going to get everyone in. Yeah, and you all gotta in. Capitalize on that energy because it's going to be high on Saturday night. Top and, ten. And again, you know that propels revenge you, for last year. That propels you forward. Florida, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Alabama, Kentucky, A and M, South 15th. Carolina, and Arkansas. That is the month of February. Fun month ahead. When does February start? Next Wednesday. Next week. So six days. Man. Week for today is Groundhog Day. Let's go. Oh, really? Pretty cool. I, I had no idea when Groundhog Day was. We got February second every year. February that used 2nd. to be a. Uh, used, used to be a, be a big bigger. thing. Yeah. On the Blitz. Really. Blitz prior. With some of our old members, we used to get really into holidays. <laughs> like every holiday, so like Groundhog Day, we would have gone full all out too. Like, like getting that. into Groundhog Day, the origins, traditions. Maybe some fun facts you didn't know. Love that. But uh, I think we found out that there is another groundhog that is a shadow seer uh, that is local. Really? There's not just one groundhog. It's there not just the. Where is the official ground? Claim. Where does the official groundhog live? The official live? groundhog is in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania or something. That's right. Pill yeah, because pill that that, like that that movie. Never seen that it. Bill Murray movie. Never saw it. You've never seen Groundhog Day? I have not. It's a good movie. I've actually seen that one. I don't see any movies. I've actually seen that one. I watched one. a movie yesterday. What was that. that, dude? Dude, okay, yeah. So I watched Tusk yesterday, an A24 film. It has Justin Long. Johnny Depp is weirdly in the third act. Terrible. <laughs> terrible and weird. And weird and terrible. Can I just spoil this? Yeah, I was never going to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope you won't. Uh, if you guys are sitting at home and you're thinking... Damn, I really wanted to watch that 2014 movie Tusk, and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Hope this guy doesn't spoil it. Well, hit me with some quick earmuffs, because I'm going to spoil it. Uh, basically, you got these two dudes that are, have a podcast, and they're very annoying and obnoxious, and they're in L.A., and they the, the whole podcast thing is like one of them goes and interviews weird and interesting people and then comes back and, like, plays it for the other one, and they talk about it. So, like, this guy was going to go to Canada to interview this dude, and he got to Canada, and this dude had died. So he was like, well, I'm already in Canada. Got to find some something else interesting. Comes across, uh, like, a, a note in the bathroom about, you know, a guy with interesting stories looking for a roommate two hours north up in Manitoba. So he drives up to Manitoba, and turns out it's a crazy old man who, like, basically kidnaps him, but then the whole thing is, like, he wants him to be a walrus. Mm. Yeah. So he just, like, 
perform surgeries on him to make him into a walrus. It was very weird. It was the worst movie, like one of the worst movies I've seen in quite a bit. How many? What was the grade there for that that movie? I gave it two stars, but only because I thought part of the first act and part of the third act were actually pretty good, but the entire middle of the film was awful. Okay. Awful. I haven't watched a good movie in a while. I'm on a. I'm on. I haven't either. I'm on a cold streak. I haven't either. Yeah, no. My last, my last four movies I've watched: two and a half stars, three stars, two and a half, and two. Mm. Tough. That's tough. Yeah, I watched Red Eye the other day, The Manchurian Candidate, and uh, in Sweet Home Alabama, they've all been bad. But uh, hey, we'll catch a break. <laughs> dive into some SEC hoops on the other side. Here on the Blitz. We did miss Men at Work Wednesday yesterday. I hope that you guys all still celebrated at home. Hope that uh, all of you out there just found a way to get some Men at Work on yesterday. Just to hear those little bells, you know? Big Orange Philly <laughs> phone lines are open. 865. <laughs> 865-546-8200. Your number to call in again, 865-546-8200. Hey, Big Orange Phillies, 6625 Maynardville Pike in Halls. Perfect spot for a lunch break. Perfect spot for burgers and beers after work. Maybe you want to go do something fun on the weekend, watch some games, hang out. Well, they got pool, they got darts, live music, karaoke, uh, on top of all that, they have some delicious food. You can check out their menu at BigOrangePhillies.com. And if you can't make it out there, but you're thinking, man, I would love some Big Orange Phillies, well, they deliver via Grubhub as well. So check them out. We love Big Orange Phillies. 1045, I feel like we finally, or I feel like we kind of find ourselves doing this every week now. SEC basketball continuing last night. Two, I think, pretty Interesting games in the nightcap in the 9 o'clock slate. Alabama on the ropes at home against Mississippi State for really the majority of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then while that's happening, just down the road at Auburn, A&M came to town and shellacked them. Mm. So what mm. do we kind of make of, you know, of, 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 I guess, first of all, just Alabama's you know slow performance, slow night? And then also, you know, what do we kind of make of, of trying to figure out who this third best team is now that we just saw A&M whoop up on Auburn? Yeah, uh, I you know, I would take Alabama's situation maybe with not as much worry. They're still 8-0 in the SEC. About time they had a slow night, right? Like, about time they didn't look like by far and away the best team in college basketball. Because up till that point, they didn't really have to break a sweat, right? Like, when's the last time they've had a single-digit game? Last time they've had a single-digit game, you got to go all the way back to December 17th when they lost to Gonzaga. So not once in SEC play have they had a game come down to single digits. So about time someone gave them pressure. A Mississippi State team that Tennessee has has handled pretty well, and this is at home for Alabama, so I, I guess it's fair to say that this is maybe their worst game they've played in SEC play, right? Like you're like what what you said, they were on the ropes there for a good majority of that game game that Mississippi State could have won, which would have been huge for Mississippi State to kind of get them back on the right track. Um, 
But I don't take too much away from that. I think there is going to be a point still where Alabama slips up and they don't look like the number one team that they have been. Um, you know, whether that's – I don't know where that's going to be leading up to their road game with Tennessee, which is the only game that Ken Palm has them projected to lose the rest of the season. Um, maybe it comes on the road against Auburn as well. Maybe it comes against Oklahoma in a shocker on Saturday. I don't know. There's not really any any reason why I would pick Alabama to lose a game, but they're going to have games like this, and I think you, you see it from Tennessee, like that Kentucky game. They didn't play their best, and and and, and I feel like we're going to see that for Alabama. And how you've been saying, there's there's no like the top teams are are all not elite elite as they have been in years past. Now maybe Alabama is. I don't know. But, yeah, maybe one of those performances is like, okay, they're beatable. They're beatable. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, to me, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, that doesn't take away anything from Alabama. In fact, I think it shows that, hey, you were gutsy. You, you did still not won. have your good stuff, and you went out and won a, won, a, won a basketball game. Yeah. Like, I think Max Scherzer, this is going to be weird. Sure. But stay I'm, with me. I'm Max interested. Scherzer, uh, one of the mo- more interesting guys I felt like to hear, to you know, to just listen to talk about like athletic performance and he always talked about for pitchers it's not about having your best stuff like every night and that's what's like making you good like he's like the best pitchers aren't the ones that necessarily have the best stuff because you're only going to have your best stuff you know say you make 25 starts in a season you're going to have your best stuff four or five six times you know maybe another 10 15 times the majority of the time you're going to always have well, you know, my fastball just running a little bit on me today, or like my curveball wasn't breaking the way I wanted to, or like something is just a little bit off, like you're not perfect on that day. And then there are also going to be five starts a year where, you know, nothing really feels like it's working. And he said the the best pitchers are not the ones that, when they have their best stuff, are the ones that are the most dominant. It's though It's the guys that can best manage those 15 starts when there's something that's a little off, those five starts when there's something very off and still finds – you know, a way to be successful, a way to go win, to give your team a chance to win. I think that the same can be applied to, you know, sports like baseball, sports like basketball. I think it's less about your peak and more about your consistency. And can you go out there when, hey, maybe Josiah Jordan-James is having a bad night or maybe, you know, the other team's hitting some threes or, like, maybe if you're Alabama, like, things just aren't really clicking. You know, those elite teams, the best teams, are the ones that can figure out ways to get out wins on the nights that it doesn't really feel like things are going your way. And I think that that describes both Tennessee and Alabama, but I think last night was an, was an example of that for Alabama. So I don't think you really take anything away from them. I think really you just kind of hope, hey, maybe they play like that February 15th. <laughs> um, as for the best, the third best team in the SEC, that it might be Texas A&M now. Complicated. <laughs> Sam, it really might. Third best team in the SEC? Is it A&M? Is it? Kentucky? Is it Auburn, Kentucky, A&M? It's not Arkansas. You can't include Arkansas in there. I kind of want to say by season's end it might be Kentucky. Um, A&M looked good last night, man. I mean, they smacked smacked around Auburn. I was watching like a half of that game, and they were – Tyrese Radford just had his way last night. Had his way. And, I mean, that was the issue with Auburn, right? Like they just hadn't had a really – impressive win on their resume i mean i saw someone i think it was like seth davis the athletic was arguing that they shouldn't even be ranked they probably should now they don't really they don't really have any impressive win again now their best win is against arkansas at home and arkansas is not near the team 
Yeah, Arkansas at home or Northwestern, and that's it. And they've lost now to Texas A&M at home and Georgia in the SEC. And they, oh, don't don't forget also other tournament teams potentially uh, Memphis and, and USC, who's on the bubble. So they they really don't have a great a great resume at all. They really don't. So yeah, I, I don't think there's really any reason to rank Auburn. I think they're they're definitely not the Auburn of of last year or of years past. That's for sure. But, I mean, yeah, I just where the SEC's at, they're still probably a top six team, right? Like, the SEC is weird after Tennessee and Alabama. It is kind of hard to to find that third team. This weekend at West Virginia seems like a huge swing game for Auburn's season. Yeah, That's, honestly. Yeah. They yeah got, I mean, I mean you they, can't lose that game. And they probably will, honestly. That's yeah. a tough place to play. West Virginia's going to be a favorite in that game. Like, West yeah. Virginia's probably oh, going to be a three, sure. four, or five-point favorite. And I would take West Virginia, too. That's mm-hmm. the thing. West Virginia right now might not be in the tournament field. No. Because they play in the hardest I think conference they still are in basketball. Right now, but like 12 they and 8. They find them, themselves out of it because, again, 12 and 8. Um, I would say A&M is the third best team right now. I do agree with you, Sam, that Kentucky might find themselves there at the end of the year. But um, A&M was supposed to be this like really, really good basketball team this year. They were ranked to start the season. They had returned some pieces from a team that probably should have made the tournament a year ago and still went on that NIT run. Like They should have been good, and they weren't. And Buzz is a great coach. I love me some Buzz. And, and you know, maybe uh, that roster, because we know talent's there. Maybe it's finally kind of pulling itself together. Maybe that's just what we're seeing right now uh, with A&M. I guess we'll continue to see. It should be interesting. Who's I think A&M it, got this weekend? Um, A&M. Or are they not part of it? Uh, they're, they're not, not part, part of it. it so yeah. they got Vanderbilt. I guess I don't know why. There are four teams. Teams get I think it's like left the out. Four or something? I don't know. I, maybe it is the last four in the standings from the years year past but it's unfortunate because they're one of our better teams now so we would would love to have them in the mix (laughs) to compete with the best conference in basketball but yeah no I think if you are predicting who is going to finish third in the SEC at this point I think I would say Texas A&M in terms of like what team is the third best talent wise maybe I'd go I'd have to go Kentucky right I'd that's probably how I would differentiate it but I think Texas A&M is probably going to finish as a three seed in the uh, SEC tournament this this year in March. That's where I think I have them trending. Again, long season. Auburn could have a complete turnaround. Kentucky could have a complete turnaround. But I got them at third right now. Gentlemen, if you direct your attention to the TV screen You're doing two of them, aren't you? What what if you do shot collar again? Can we just throw... Uh, there's a wheel behind me. Curate another ten. <laughs> no, I, have I two definitely spins can't. Today, two of my final three. Let's hit it. First spin coming up. You've almost made it. I did. Uh, part- I spun it yesterday just to see, and it was. Uh, oh, oh, it was almost in the wheel. Oh, it's bag, bag of Twizzlers. Mm. You didn't like that one the first time. It was time. bad. Yeah, I can help it's you out. Stomach. I'll help you out. We can help you out this time. Uh, so I got bag of Twizzlers. I did spin it, though, yesterday, just like, I wonder what my punishment would have been today if I was doing radio. And right it was now. a good one. It was spray tan. Man, I want I want you to get that one bad. Spinning, Spinning it you, again. You really haven't gotten too bad of spins. I haven't. And look at that. No, you jinxed it. <gasps> you jinxed it. Oh, oh no, you no, 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 see, nice. look at that. Good job. Nice. Good job. No punishment. It was almost, almost breakfast, breakfast for the week. Oh, that would have been great. Man. Just all the week long. So time. you got one more. Look at that. Only one more. You've done good. Tomorrow's going to be in the wheel. 
Hey, that'd be good. No punishment. Two in a On row. The last day. <laughs> not bad. Not bad there. Just Twizzlers. All all right. Right. Just that's all it is. Just Twizzlers. Well, uh, Mr. Brock, as we wrap up hour one, we got a minute left. I want you. Game day is coming to town. Yeah. It's the Lady Vols. It's UConn. Yeah, it is. I turn things over to you. Just, just Lady Vols minute. Lady Vols minute. With Mr. Brock. Man, this is just such a fun day. Um, how about college game day coming to Knoxville? Two of the next three days starts tonight. I've never really seen a Thursday college game day, so I don't. I'm very intrigued on how this is going to work. Starts at seven Eastern tonight, six Central, and it's just going to feed right into the game. So cool for our Lady Vol program. I think this is the second time they've hosted a college game day. Um, I think UConn hosted it last year when the Lady Vols were on the road up in Connecticut. So this is like back-to-back years that they're doing game day for this matchup. Um, classic rivalry, right? Classic rivalry. Pat Summit and Gino started this back in the 90s. Um, they took a little bit of time off in this. They uh, resumed the series like three years ago. They had taken some time off. These two, and probably just because these two programs just did not like each other. <laughs> they just didn't like each other. They were meeting the postseason all the time. Tennessee was winning championships. UConn was winning championships. Um, I'm really glad this series is back because it is it's classic women's college basketball at its best. Two of the top programs of all time. Like these are one and two, right? One and two in championships. Um, UConn. They're number five in the nation. They've lost two games, which for UConn, yeah, losing two games is, is probably unacceptable. They're without some players. Paige, uh, I don't even know how to say her last Bukers. name. Bukers. She, unfortunately, was out for the year like in August. Like They knew that a while ago. Um, they just lost another one of their really good players um, last week, so they're going to be down a few. Down a few legs. Um, Tennessee's hopefully going to be back at full strength. They were without Jordan Horston on Sunday. Um one of their best players, but she was sick, so she should be good to go now. I've had some time since. I, I don't know if I've seen word on that yet. Um, but Tennessee's on a, on a hot streak. On a hot streak right now. They've won 14 of their last 16 after what was a tough, tough non, non-conference year. Um, you're looking for that first signature win. Here it is. You've got UConn and you got LSU on Monday. You're right outside the top 25, a team that was preseason top five. This is a game that you were. This was supposed to be a top five game at the beginning of the year, and you have top five talent. So I don't think Tennessee should be going into this feeling like they're the underdog. They are going to be the underdog at home. Hopefully, there's a good crowd on hand. I think there will be. I think there will be I mean, too. It's, it's college game day. It's it's UConn. It's we back Pat night. If you're you know, looking, yeah. I mean, this is basketball. At a, this is fantastic collegiate basketball. Like it's one of its most purest forms. Yeah, exactly. It's the, like. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it compares to in the men in the men realm because it's not like Duke UNC because it's not Duke conference. Kentucky. It's yeah, it's like this is the Duke. Kentucky yeah, it's really of, like the blue blood, the blue bloods yeah. of the blue bloods of, of women's college basketball. The top two programs, yeah, like this is it. And a bit like you said, a big opportunity. Now you're still looking really for a good opportunity. Win. You've been playing good basketball, fourteen of oh, the yeah. last sixteen, but you know you haven't really seen that schedule intensify since december yeah like you, you know, you, you've you done lost you've, six games all to what top 25 teams all yes all the top 25 but, teams you know now on this win streak you haven't really seen the highest level of competition you're about to ramp it yep. up uconn like you said uconn lsu huge opportunity a huge test for this team uh some people think that maybe this team got a little bit better when the rotations changed earlier this mm-hmm. year due to some injuries and people being out 
I don't know if I would yeah. take it that far, but I think it definitely changed some things. And they definitely got in their rhythm and they figured out what works best because they just had they had so much depth and talent that they didn't you know they're just trying to figure out wh- what goes where. And I think now they have a pretty good idea of who belongs where, and it's been working clearly. And at at the least, they have been winning games that they should be winning. And just on Sunday, they really grinded one out in the final minute to continue to be unbeaten in SEC play. So the, the way you should look at it, hey, not, this give me is... A, give me a Rakia Jackson 30 bomb. Tonight. Yeah, let's see it. Give me, She's going to have to dominate. Give me her dropping 30 yeah. on Gino's stupid little head. Uh, Hour one, We though, need the energy. Done. We need energy. TBA. We, we got we to gotta end it. Hour one's done. Hour two's on deck.